Welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast. You'll hear leaders discuss trends within their industry, emerging business models, and how your industry is evolving. And now here's your host, Paul Howell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the Industry Insights Podcast by Manufacturing Asia in partnership with SAP. I'm Paul Howell. I'm Managing Editor of Manufacturing Asia. And in this podcast, we are looking to discuss the customization trend that is driving much of the manufacturing industry around the world at the moment. We'll also look at some of the trends, the shifts and changes that have happened in Asia Pacific's manufacturing sector since the pandemic took hold, and also look at practices and strategies that businesses should take note of when practicing engineering to order and configure to order type styles of manufacturing. Uh, And joining me today is Arlene Ng. She's the industry business architect of SAP Asia. Uh, Arlene is passionate about helping clients run better. She closely collaborates with the clients via value-led enterprise transformation engagements, uh, mapping their business strategies and priorities into relevant value drivers, business capabilities, and appropriate SAP solutions. Welcome, Arlene. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Ali, let's get straight into it. Uh, can I start by asking about the new customization trend uh, across the manufacturing industry? Uh, what is this and how did it become such an important factor for manufacturers? Sure. Uh, today's consumers, both in the business-to-consumer and business-to-business contexts, they don't want a one-size-fits-all. They want to be able to buy custom items or things made on demand based on their specifications. And they want these delivered at a time that suits them best, and certainly not when it fits the organization's manufacturing schedule. Hence, companies who want to stay relevant and competitive need a shift from one-size-fits-all processes to a lot-size-of-one approach. A lot-size-of-one approach means an organization should be able to produce the product of choice in any variant, in a chosen quantity, at any time. That will mean an end-to-end process synchronization from the time of order quotation to confirmation all the way through to the production assembly lines. Now, does this mean investing big in the newest technology? No, a wider range of variants in the high-tech industry, for example, is very common. With the COVID pandemic, a lot of kids have started to do online learning, leading to a surge in laptop purchases. And when we purchase laptops, we can specify a lot of things. The memory, the hard drive size, the screen size, and even colors to get the final specs that we would like to have. Imagine this applying to a lot more products, especially in the B2B space. If the products have some assemblies which can be put together to make up the final item, then it makes it easier to manage. Our data shows that 75% of all customer-facing manufacturing companies will have materially transformed their supply chains to manage customization at scale by 2024. Uh, So Arlene, what is the risk uh, to companies that uh, perhaps don't get on board with this uh, customization at scale trend that is happening, uh, or at least don't get on board quickly enough? Um, One of the trends that we see in the industry is around customer centricity, and I think this applies to all areas. 
um, not just in a B2C environment, but as well as in the B2B environment. So the risk of an organization who does not stay relevant and does not stay in touch with or attuned to their customers' requirements will be um, them not being competitive in the market. So there's a risk of becoming irrelevant. Fairly big death knell uh, for for any company in today's um, today's business environment, I imagine. Um, are there other trends and shifts that you're seeing uh, in, across Asia Pacific's manufacturing sector, uh, you know, particularly since the uh, pandemic has taken hold uh, here? Sure. The Industry 4.0 movement was actually gaining steam prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. But lockdowns and budget cuts have forced many businesses to freeze their digital transformation efforts. With manufacturing resuming in many areas, it's now time for businesses to rethink how digitization can support them in the current and future crisis. Some of the organizational operational changes affected during the current pandemic may actually last longer. Firstly, we saw that at the start of the pandemic, Manufacturing companies who kept finished goods in their warehouse could still initially fulfill the orders they have confirmed to, as well as the initial trickle of demands coming in. But a lot of them couldn't sustain it. We saw a bottleneck in supply beginning of Q4, and this was also contributed to a crunch at the seaports. With the COVID situation panning out differently in various geographical locations, the source of supply became a key topic and one that's top of mind for manufacturers. Constant interaction and closer collaboration with key suppliers became of critical importance to ensure continuous supply of critical materials so as to avoid disruption in the production process or to be able to look for alternative sources of supply if required. So the trust became not just in the organization's own manufacturing capacity and visibility therein, but in the entire ecosystem of demand and supplier, or what we call horizontal integration. Secondly, resilient operations also played a big role. While it has been spoken about before, it became even more evident that organizations who are more agile can respond to market conditions better. For example, to pivot focus on products in high demand or new products which are better suited to our new norm, or to change pricing models to make them more flexible to support modest customer budgets. And lastly, while Industry 4.0 initiatives have taken a back burner for a lot of organizations, opportunities for automation by leveraging on the latest technology for example, operator assistance through augmented reality or digital monitoring and maintenance technologies can augment the manpower crunch that some sectors are facing. It's interesting that you, you mentioned that that the whole concept of Industry 4.0. Um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about uh, how that has changed, if it has changed at all uh, since the pandemic uh, arrived, uh, and particularly with reference to the manufacturing sector. Actually, the, the importance of Industry 4.0 has not panned, panned out. It has stayed. And given the COVID pandemic, organizations are beginning to realize that Industry 4.0 and the technologies that it brings to the table can actually help them cope with a crisis such as COVID-19. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. So it's, it's, it's actually the, 
it's the answer. It's not the problem. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so what are the practices and strategies that businesses should be taking note of uh, in order uh, in when it comes to practicing engineering uh, to order and con and configure to order types of manufacturing? Um, might ask you to just explain a bit about what those concepts are and um, and again, what are the strategies that businesses should be using to to adapt to them? Sure. Um, providing solutions that precisely fit the needs of a single customer has been commonplace in traditional engineer-to-order environments. But now the ability to capture customer requirements effectively and enable mass customization is the key to practicing an engineering-to-order or configure-to-order environment. Critical to this transformation is the ability to manage the specifics of each order in every aspect of the value chain in a consistent way, but at the cost of a standard order. Now, let's talk briefly about both environments. A configure-to-order environment is a hybrid between make-to-stock and made-to-order. There's a set of components that is made-to-stock, and the final products are assembled to order according to customer requirements. By maintaining inventory at the component level, Inventory is limited only to that much which is needed. Also, delaying the final product assembly until the order arrives provides some flexibility in terms of product variations and also helps to use up current component inventory to its fullest. It helps businesses reduce inventory carrying costs, facilitates better inventory management as products are limited, while minimizing the time to market. Thus, the configure-to-order is an excellent business model that provides mass customization and quicker order fulfillment. On the other hand, an engineer-to-order is for those companies with customers needing solutions that are tailored to fit their own unique environment. It begins with selling product concepts that won't have fixed designs, and are expected to result in a new unique end product. This could be any product, from enterprise software applications to special aircraft to a pair of jeans. But the typical engineer-to-order environment usually deals with the design and build of a unique, custom, engineered, complex machinery and industrial equipment. Here, an engineer-to-order company works in close collaboration with its customers to develop new products that satisfy the customer's requirements and specifications. In both configure-to-order and engineer-to-order environments, a critical success factor is customer centricity. Becoming customer-centric means positioning the customer's point of view at every decision. From product design and engineering, to sales and marketing, to manufacturing, and through to installation and services to create great experiences at every interaction point. For some organizations, this may mean new business capabilities will be required throughout the entire value chain. Now, you've also asked about best practices. There's quite a few that organizations can adopt. First, an organization can have predefined options and leverage its manufacturing platform to cover the majority of customer requirements. Secondly, having an integrated quotation and order management 
demand-driven planning, manufacturing, and delivery processes in place. Thirdly, a best practice that comes in handy could also be real-time inventory information for reliable order promise dates, which also impacts your on-time delivery performance. And lastly, efficient collaboration between sales and engineering with advanced variant configuration capabilities will be very nice. But as a leading industry applications provider, SAP is also looking at next practices and even innovations in what we call the vertical edge. With the availability of data and disruptive technology, we can use data-driven models, for example, to recommend variants for additional personalization to customer orders. Or an organization can also look at enabling predictive material requirements planning for real-time simulation of potential requirements, production, and capacity adjustments, which all translates into resiliency and impacts your overall delivery performance. Um, Project-based order execution that tightly couples the processes to balance resources and meet your additional limited engineering requirement is also very beneficial. Lastly, organizations who are innovating with us at the vertical edge are already looking to gain the ability to enable digitalized product features for on-the-fly adoption while in operation. So uh, that's the, uh, you sort of laid out that uh, that that journey from almost from zero to one hundred uh, of of adapting those strategies for engineering to order and, and configure to order. Um, what are the challenges uh, that businesses uh, should take note of or, or might expect along the way? Uh, and and again, how does uh, SAP help them address those issues? Yeah. To be able to deliver highly customized products and solutions at the price of standard products, engineer-to-order and configure-to-order organizations need to drive automation and efficiency as much as they can so that they can scale and do mass customization. Once an organization is able to manage by exception, they are then able to proactively manage change and mitigate risks on a project-to-project basis. I mentioned earlier that new business capabilities may be required to be adopted so that the entire value chain can operate in a connected fashion from quote through to after sales service. We have a client that sells highly configurable products, something like 23,000 unique compressor models. And for each product, there are, <laughs> there are 10 different service plans, which adds to the complexity. It took more than 75 people to price quotes in spreadsheets, and as the company grew, they could no longer keep up. So first and foremost, it's important for an organization to define its needs and requirements and assess that vis-a-vis their current digital core. Identify the delta improvements required from a platform perspective and implement those capabilities. But equally as critical to success is for management to take a lead in terms of organizational communication and change management process. Once successful, an organization can start to reap the benefits such as um, specialization. The organization becomes known in the industry for its specialization and ability to configure or engineer to order thus gaining the ability to differentiate itself in today's highly competitive environment. 
Secondly, no extra inventory. No finished goods means reduced inventory carrying costs. The engineer-to-order, configure-to-order strategy eliminates stocking extra inventory that does not sell. Maintaining and sourcing inventory only when an order comes in keeps manufacturers tension-free on account of cash being tied up in excess inventory. Instead, they could focus on bringing more customization to the table. Another benefit that we see is faster revenue generation. Organizations can react swiftly to win new business. Time is equivalent to money in supply chain and inventory management. By providing customizable configure-to-order solutions, companies will have reduced cycle time to revenue and a shorter order-to-cash cycle as well. And lastly, and most importantly, is better customer service, which is what all great companies strive towards. Since the configure-to-order process is fully customizable, it creates products that are tailored exactly to customer requirements. This satisfies customers more as products are delivered faster and according to their specs. The organization I mentioned earlier was able to streamline their administrative roles from 70 to 5, and they were able to standardize quotes across 72 countries and reduce their quote time from days to 4 minutes. Well, thank you very much, Arlene. Uh, it's been a really insightful session and, and uh, certainly very thought-provoking. Um, so one of the biggest takeaways for me there was, was that idea that the customization trend is not necessarily something that manufacturers are um, are driving it's being driven by the customers it's a fact that the custom that the uh, manufacturers need to be customer centric and are being driven uh, by that demand for custom uh, individual orders and uh, and are now working out ways to deliver that uh, in a cost effective way um, is, is that a, is that a good summary um, of, of what what we've been talking about today talking about today Yes, uh, Paul, very good summary. It's uh, very spot on. It's uh, driven by customer centricity, as you rightly pointed out. And then through all of those challenges but, um, of, of being forced to, to, um, to adapt to these, this new way of working, uh, it's data uh, that is at the heart of, of, of those processes. And I think that, and that is where SAP sort of comes in in managing that data uh, and giving a useful uh, insights and outputs uh, to help uh, drive those processes. Is that also right? Yes, that's also right. So for, for people who are listening, if your organization is looking for a segment to one practice, please uh, feel free to come and approach us for a conversation. Excellent. Well, and that is it from today's Manufacturing Asia podcast. Um, we'll be back with more news, views and, and further insights from Asia's a uh, very diverse manufacturing industry soon. But lastly, uh, from you, Arlene, if listeners are looking to learn more about SAP uh, and your advice, uh, where can they reach you? Oh, they can visit our website at www.sap.com and you can take the conversation from there. Um, so once again, thank you very much for joining me, Arlene. We really appreciate your time and expert advice for manufacturers in Asia today. I'm Paul Howell. Thank you all very much for joining us uh, in podcast land and we will be back with more very soon. Thank you for listening. 
Subscribe to our channel on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. For more information, check out manufacturing.asia and sap.com slash SEA for more information on Industry 4.0.